0: This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, somebody called the playground police. There is a kid having unsupervised fun. Plus, Biz stops fighting it and accepts the kid she has... Teresa makes her last cup of coffee, and we talk to author Anna Leffler about her hilarious new book, Preschooled. Woo!
1: <laughs> How
0: are you, Teresa?
1: Great. Good. So great. Good. Glad I'm great. Good. Um, I'm really tired. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy. Yeah? Because... Uh, I just heard from the lovely Lindsay Pavlis, Donor Relations Coordinator of Maximum Fun, that our latest bonus episode is up in the donors-only feed. Yeah. So for those of you listening who are members of Maximum Fun and supporters of this very program, Mm -hmm. uh, we promised you guys some bonus episodes in the last pledge drive. And one of those we just finished and we just got it up there. So Go over and listen to it. Our topic
0: was names.
2: Baby oh yeah, names.
0: we did baby names. And just as a little preview, my favorite line from that whole thing is "baby names." Why do we call them baby names? They're your fucking name forever. Right, right. So that so gives true. you sets the tone yeah. for our conversation about <laughs> names. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's one of the thank yous that we do for our, all of our donors. Uh, to Max Fun, we do uh, this year. We're doing two bonus episodes. Yeah. So this is one of two.
1: Yeah. And uh, if you if you don't happen to be a member of Maximum Fun, it's pretty easy to do that. You just go to maximumfun.org, <laughs> click on donate. You can become a member, and you'll get the link to the donors only feed. That's uh, right. And you can listen to that this new uh, donors only episode as well as all of our past bonus episodes.
0: I think there's there's like maybe s-
1: three or four. Like, I think
0: there, I think we might be at four. Yeah. They're um, delightful. They're special. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one of my favorite is still where we talk about mom cars. Oh, yeah. That was that a good was fun. one. That yeah. was pretty good. How well, are you? that's nice. I'm tired. Uh, um, I, okay, we've talked a lot on the show about the crushing disappointment that when you have another child, that child is not exactly like your first child mm-hmm. when you thought your first child was so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> if your first child was a total nightmare, then you may be thrilled that your second child is different than your first child. If your second child, but mine was not. Katie Bell, you know, the easy sleeper. You know, she weaned really easily. She like you could rationally talk to her about things at all ages. I mean, like even early on, <laughs> you could just repeat a lot of explanation. It was great, no tantrums. I mean, like she just was like th- that kid, yeah. that kid that you you've yeah. heard of yeah. in mythical places. Yeah. And Ellis, I don't know why it's surprising to me, given how difficult the first like nine to 11 months were of the screaming and the not riding in cars and the not stroller comforting and... The screaming and the screaming and the like—the <laughs> bat screams. It's not like I'm an unhappy baby. It was like that, like nightmarish. The it was the one where like I had him at Disneyland, and when parents look at you at Disneyland, yeah. because your kid has hit some sort of That's new level. It's crazy. really impressive. Yeah, it's, it's such an impressive
1: because it's loud at Disneyland.
0: It's loud, and yeah. everybody's kids having a meltdown right. at Disneyland. So again, yeah. if your kid can like foster that sort of attention, mm. you're you're ju- its just special. It's, it's really special. Yeah. Uh And then we'll have these little periods where he's like just a delight, mm-hmm. and I forget, oh yeah, I forget, yeah, you get comfortable, I get comfortable Ugh. No. and then that should be like that should be parenting, don't get comfortable <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we hit the new phase, and like we're definitely about to be two, and you know he's he's really intense, mm-hmm. and I say that with all like all honesty, like the nothing. Nothing over-exaggerated. We went to go get gas yesterday, and I realized I didn't have my card to pay mm-hmm. for the gas. So we just I just rolled up his window because I always have it down so he mm-hmm. can see what's going on. And I'm like, oh, I don't have my card, so we'll come get gas later. And he, like, screamed the entire way home. Mm-hmm. He was, like, really unhappy that there was no gas. I mean, mm-hmm. and there was no consoling. You're like, whatever. I mean, you see the kids having—I can remember with Katie Bell seeing the kids have the tantrums and the meltdowns and being like, wow wow you know like, yeah. what do you do with that yeah you know what that I must mean? be hard that must be really hard like what do you do like what are you doing wrong yeah, assholes yeah. whatever uh and now i luckily having the second child and the show and mm-hmm. and getting to know so many different parents and what their kids do uh, i can confidently be like all right we're just gonna have to ride this out yeah but it's you know he fights naps with only me he naps for everybody else and when i say fight i mean it's it's, he's hurling himself against the wall, and there's, like, massive screaming, and it's, I mean, it's, like, really stressful. Yeah. Like it, it's so stressful. Um, yeah, I, I have that kid, and I didn't think that was the kid I was going to have, and I've been fighting it, mm. uh, hence my stress level going way, way up, mm-hmm. and now I'm just going to accept it, and I now have to figure out what I'm going to do with that kid in terms of, like, how I plan on handling mm-hmm. The intenseness, Mm -hmm. you know, because it it, it, does—you can feel like you're giving in to the tantrums, right? right? Because with Katie Bell, because she didn't have the tantrums, it was very easy to say— no cupcake. Yeah. You know what I mean. And yeah. she'd cry a little bit, a little bit, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. And then I'd be like super judgy of people who like passed off the cupcake right, right. away. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm like, Well, your child's never going to learn. Yeah. And and now that I'm in it, I'm like I still don't want to give him the cupcake. No, this, but this, this cupcake example that I'm giving, but there's lots of other things where oh, I'm like. Yeah. Is that the same thing as a cupcake? I don't know. Is this, am I picking yeah. the right battle? Like, yeah. is this or, important? Or
1: sometimes you're just like, oh, just
0: take the cupcake. Yeah, it's just take fine. the fucking like, cupcake. Please, yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. It's Should I, good. like, this kid is not the kid yeah. I'm clearly, I mean, but yeah. we're like, I'm, you know, sandwich, I mean, football carrying him yeah. away from, you know, Katie Ball's drop off every day. It's just a lot. Oh, man. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I think I'm actually going to get a little upset. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's like really tiring. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. So um, how could you be? I so I mean, I'm just saying to the universe I accept it. I don't know what to do what about do I it. Do? Yeah. yeah, I don't know what to do about yeah. it, but I accept it. It can't possibly last forever.
1: No. It won't last forever and I know that sometimes this is what you want to hear and sometimes it's not, but you are actually doing such a good job. And just because you don't know what to do right. doesn't mean you aren't the perfect person for the job. Like,
0: That's a very nice thing to say. You will do it. Well, <laughs> we're going to and do it. And
1: you're doing it. We're I mean, that's the thing. You're yeah. already doing it. Well, so thank you. So you're doing a really good job. And I, I'm sure you're completely exhausted.
0: It is exhausting. Yeah. Speaking of exhausting. Mm-hmm. Or trying to come up with something to do with impossible children. Uh, Let's spend today taking a trip to the playground.
1: I actually do now more. Okay. Uh now that Oscar's 2 and Simon mm. is 4. Um especially if I'm just there with Simon, but even with both of them, I don't feel as like you know when they're little babies and they're just learning to like crawl and climb yeah. and stand and stuff like that, I would it was a little more nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um even though it was still fun it was still good to go and get out of the house and stuff but um now I feel a little bit like ah when I go to the park because I can go and my kids really use the time to right do some stuff and like really get their yaya's out like they really do and so it's a relief for me to to go somewhere where they can really be active to the full extent that they are always wanting to be active.
0: Well, that's like what the playground is for. I mean, it's free. There are a lot of great things about the playground. It's it's free. It is a place designed for children. Yeah. You know, even back in the 70s when we look back and say that wasn't for kids, it was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, sand pits and, you know, there are lots of issues with playgrounds in terms of Uh, children who have physical uh, disabilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the world is finally paying attention to that and trying to make better playgrounds Mm -hmm. uh, for that. But overall, that is what playgrounds are for. They should be a magical place where we go take our children, let our children get their yayas out, and then we go home. Yep. But it's it's also not that. Sometimes, yeah. The playground falls into that weird, like, universe of... Abject horror for <laughs> parents to go to. Uh-huh. Uh, m- and I think on two levels, emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think this is one of those topics that, like, we haven't actually dealt with in three years of doing the show. And when we finally talked about doing it, I was sitting down thinking about what we would talk about, and I got really nervous about it mm-hmm. because I there is something a. Ab- <sighs> I think one of the problems as a parent going to the playground is it's a place to feel trapped into judging other parents, Mm -hmm. and it is also a place to feel horribly judged, Mm -hmm. okay? And uh, it takes a real zen person to not fall into either of those camps. And just talking about playground and playground behavior, I feel, sets us up for possibly being oh, judgy, um, yeah. you know what I and mean? And kind like, of like perpetuating yeah, like, there perpetuating. is a right or a wrong way or you should right. or you shouldn't do so, this. Or, yeah. I guess I want to start off by saying yeah. we in no way are trying to solve any playground problems. No. Or, I mean, I think and we don't is, have
1: the answer. And we don't like, have the answer. Yeah.
0: I think it's very much that same sort of conversation like mommy wars or breastfeeding or whatever where mm-hmm. it's just like, these are things I've observed. These are things that I experience and I'm wrestling with and I'm trying to get better at. To be fair, I haven't been to the playground in like, since really Ellis was almost born. Oh, wow. We just... Because Katie Bell's in school now. We went to the playground a lot because it was next to where her swim lessons were. So it was really... There was a reason to go. It was just one kid. That's a lot easier to deal with at the playground Uh than more than one kid, Mm -hmm. especially when their age difference is as big as Katie Bell and Ellis's are, which is four years. Um, And there was... You know, at Ellis's nap fell right after I took Katie Bell to school. I like could, and then it's boiling hot in the end of the day here, like yeah. in the afternoon. So I'm not taking him from, you know, one until three. Right. I can't take him anywhere because the playground equipment it's is too hot. is actually no, it is too burning hot their skin. Yeah. yeah, it's here. too hot yeah. here.
1: So, thankfully, that's about to change. Yeah, so so. that's about to change, and now
0: Ellis is hitting that perfect age to start going, and we can actually go back. And since Ellis is fighting his nap, fuck it, I might as well just take him straight to the playground in the morning. Um, But so I can only kind of talk to my experience with one kid Mm -hmm. going to the playground. Okay, so for me, (laughs) there were like three kind of parents at the playground. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are the parents who. Uh, are trying to control absolutely everything their child is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything is dangerous, everything is horrible. Mm-hmm. And not only do they want to they're like, always
1: like suggesting things yeah, like yeah, new uh, activities. Do you want to go down the slide yeah. now? Do you wanna
0: do this? Do <laughs> yeah, you wanna... there's no like and I've totally followed by the way, I, do I do have followed too. into totally every single too. one of these parents. Yeah, yeah. And I can give examples no, I do it and too. I will. Yeah. So there's the yeah, there's yeah. the do you wanna do this now? Yeah. As opposed to them just enjoying the fucking slide for two hours. Yeah. No, it's like, do you wanna go try and climb the rock wall now? Yeah. <laughs> do you wanna go swing? Do you want to because I'm fucking bored. Right. Okay? But it doesn't matter. Or, and then you get, like, involved in other people's <laughs> stuff. Did you like that? Did you want to go down the side? Did yeah. you want some help? Like, oh, yeah. F- shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, and I'm saying that to myself. Uh, you're right. I am totally that parent. Okay. The second parent is the one who's like... Children should be free to break their necks. Right? Like, there's, like, zero. There's zero. Right? And But they're there. But they're there. Yeah. They're there. They're there, but, but, they're, but, they're, but they're not they're, like, involved. like, whatever. Yeah. Right? Until somebody's yeah. screaming bloody murder, yeah. they're there. They yeah. do not care if their child is, like, punching your child on the slide yeah. or holding everybody up on the swings yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right? And I've sort of been there. And as Katie Bell has got, when I had a toddler. Yeah. I was very against those people. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, now that my child is like 5, 6 and plays on her own, I'm much more in the mindset of figure it out, champ. You guys will do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, you know and like yeah. I think that's a great example of like the playground mental state of parents where it's very hard if you have the one-age child, it's very easy to sort of apply your needs and how you think you should be with your two-year-old to every other child without knowing what their kid's like. I I went to the playground once. I I was pregnant, and uh, I went on a hangout with another mom from Katie Bell's preschool. So Katie Bell was, like, probably four. We met at this park, and her daughter was one year older than Katie Bell, who so had just gone into kindergarten, and she had, like, a two-and-a-half-year-old uh-huh. son. And he was the wild kid. I mean, he was the one who's always slapping her in the face in the playground. Uh-huh. Cr- I mean, in the parking lot. and Like, yeah. intense kid, right? Yeah. But he was, like, on top of structures, yeah. you know, and, like, stuff where I would have been there to make sure my kid didn't fall off because I yeah. don't believe my kid knows that that's not a cliff yet. Right. But he was up. Yeah. And she was way more... Stepped back about it. Yeah. And I really, I really sat there and I was like, I finally just said, how, like, I don't, that's freaking me out and not in a way that, I mean, you should be doing something. I'm just saying, is that a second kid thing? Yeah. Like, talk explain me, this talk, to me. Talk, yeah. talk me through this. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and yeah. I'm asking you, and I always try and do those things as kindly as possible, yeah, like we yeah. talked about on the show. Walk me through this. And she said... Mm. He has always chased after his sister. He's really good up there. Yeah. You know, and it's not like she wasn't there. I mean, yeah, occasionally yeah. if he was getting something too tricky, she stepped up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was capable. He did know yeah. he'd go off the edge, right? Yeah. And it didn't matter what she did, he was still the kid that was gonna race head first yep. across the bridge. Right. And jump off of it, right? Yeah. Like that's her kid. It's a
1: know your kid it's situation. It's a
0: know your kid situation. Yeah. So that's group two. And then uh, group three are parents who are totally unaware of where their kid is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that that is separate, it's separate from the second
0: category. It's totally separate because, you know, I do... There's also technology at the playground, uh-huh. which I don't necessarily think we should yeah, go let's into, not. Let's, um,
2: yeah.
0: because that's such a your work, your, yeah, Like, whatever. I mean, we, we've yeah. all done it. Yes, every single person has been on their yeah. fucking phone at a playground. And
1: sometimes you're taking pictures, and sometimes yes, you're yeah, not. Yeah, you never know. Sometimes you're getting a text. Right. Sometimes, one time,
0: my father was in the hospital, and I yeah. was checking my phone yeah. every five minutes. Sure. You do not know. So everybody, we're yeah. going to drop that. Yeah. But the parents who aren't aware for whatever reason, maybe they're talking to a friend or whatever. And my favorite, there are two favorite things I've ever seen at a playground. Mm -hmm. One, because I am like the Jack Reacher of playgrounds. I think we've established that. Jack Reacher is this fictional character who like always can walk into a room and tell you like what color everybody's wearing, Mm -hmm. you know, like where the best exit is, how to turn that into a weapon, like whatever. That is how I am at a play. I'm watching everybody's kid. I can't control myself, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, So I'm watching this kid, He's like a toddler, probably three, like just totally wander off, right? He's not in danger, but he's gone. He's Mm -hmm. like going off around to where the bathrooms are and he's going off behind the bathroom. And I'm like in my Zen moment of like, I can see the kid. But the dad is just like not paying any attention. Um, And then eventually I see the dad look up from what he was doing Mm -hmm. and kind of look left and right for the kid. Doesn't Mm -hmm. see the kid. (laughs) Kind of stands up. Doesn't see the kid. Mm -hmm. And Finally, he kind of makes eye contact with me, and I was like, "He's he's back around the bathroom." And the mm-hmm. dad goes and gets him, and it was totally fine. But I was just like, "Oh, uh, okay, that's yeah. a thing for me to know. I don't yeah. want to be that guy." Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The other was watching a kid take a shit behind a tree. Yeah. It was magnificent. (laughs) So this kid had to have been like three and a half or four. Uh The mom's like on the other side of the playground talking to a friend. Mm -hmm. And this kid has started to wander. And it's like, I mean, it's a pretty big little playground. There's lots of parents. Everybody's around. And like several of us, like it it was like different people in different parts of the playground start to witness the kid go next to the tree. And like we're all kind of like watching. You all know that if you've been to a playground, sometimes there are these moments where you're kind of linking up with other parents without speaking. And we're all like. Is he about to, yeah, I think he pulls down his pants and we're like, whoa. And, like, people kind of start getting up, like, should we, where's the mom? Are you the mom? Are you the mom? Are you the mom, Are you the parent? Who are you? Are you funny
1: if the mom was just pretending, like, are you the mom? Are yeah, the mom? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and
0: then the kid takes a shit. And we're all like, wow. Yeah. And so, like, we finally figure out who the mom yeah. is. And, like, literally, literally, the words out of the closest mom's mouth was, Hey! Your kid just took <laughs> shit behind that tree. Oh, God. And the mom's like, what? Did she
1: actually say shit? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. she did. Uh, okay. it was like this very really funny. It was like, because it was no, so surprising. No, I know it's
1: funny. It's just that, it's surprising. you're at a yeah. park. So I know, saying, sure. I know. But well, okay. it was
0: more mouthed at her. It wasn't oh, like, okay. hey, your kid's taking a shit. shit. No, no. It was okay. much more like, your kid yeah. taking a shit. Um, okay. So the mom starts to come over, and because it was so unexpected, she didn't have anything with her. Right. And so, like, other parents were like, I got wipes. I yeah. have, like, whatever. And it, and it was actually a really beautiful moment of it was so, so surprising. Uh-huh. I don't think anybody was actually horrified at this yeah. mom. It was such a like, wow, that's a thing that's totally happening. And we're all going to rally around you. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to help you and this kid. And none of us are going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, those are my those are the camps. Mm-hmm. And I think outside of the last one, because of just who I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I fall into the first two categories super high. Mm. What about you? Do you fall into any of those? Or have I just made these up?
1: No, no. I I mean, I really think... We need to acknowledge how much age plays into that. Exactly. Because, like, with Simon, I don't need to, I could literally just sit on a bench and let him play. Right. And then, like, if he wanted me to be involved, he could come over and talk to me or, like, whatever. Right. Or I could, he could, I could come over so he could show me a thing or whatever. But mostly, like, he's happy to run around and play and he's happy to, like, find a new friend even and, like, play with that friend. And I don't need to be a part of it. And that's great. It's totally different with a two year old or like an 18 month old. You really do kind of have to watch I mean, with the exception of there are some little kids who I've seen those kids yeah. at the park where they just understand intuitively how to climb up a gigantic right. structure and they're totally fine and like you know whatever more power to them right um, and you know Oscar's pretty coordinated but like I just need to be there with him yeah and this was very um I thought about this a lot when I was away on vacation we were on Kauai and there was this playground in the neighborhood where we were staying that um, we we visited every day. I My kids need to go to the park oh, yeah. every day, essentially. Like, there's some part of every day that is like, well, we just have to at least go for 20 minutes and, like, yeah. let them run around. And um, so even when we're on this, like, beach vacation where we're p- swimming and yeah. like, boogie boarding and, like, building sandcastles, there's still some part of the day where we end up at the park. Right. So we're at this playground a bunch of times over the course of the week, and I had I feel like I got a really good chance to, like, experience just a different way of being
0: at the park.
1: Like, it was just really different from being at the park in L.A. It just really was. Well, and And, I would like
0: to just say, that is a good point there, just real quick, that, like, different people have different different sort of cultural areas, no matter how small they are, like a neighborhood to a much larger community to different parts of the country and of the world, really see play differently. Totally differently. And, like, our media... Plays a lot into, I think, how Americans treat the playground experience these days. Given yeah. that people can be arrested for letting their kids walk to the playground, you know. Yeah. All
2: right.
1: So you're in. Kauai. No, I think so. I think like, yeah, I think where you live, mm-hmm. like, and if you move to a new place, you will notice there yeah. are different norms in the new place where you that live. Is like very that much is so, just yeah. really true. And um, so I was paying attention to this, and you know, I noticed that um, there. I was pretty much the only parent who was actually following my kids around the playground. The other parents would either, um, if their kids were, you know, around two or, you know, around that age, they would sit on this bench that was sort of like looking at the playground. Right. If their kids were older than two, they were, they were, parents were sitting on picnic tables that were, several yards away under like a sheltered thing and they were chatting and like having like having sodas or whatever and like hanging out while their kids played at the playground um and so at first I was a little self-conscious but I did I did feel and and actually it was nice because I felt like I stretched myself over the week to like see what was comfortable yeah but the thing is is that if your kids are used to a certain thing, right. you can't just go like, oh, here you don't stand with your two-year-old. Like now Oscar, you're free range. Yeah, now you're free range. Like <laughs> that would have been like that's how kids get hurt, I think. Right. Like I think that you kind of have to like be it's it's like a gentle, gradual thing. And right. like of course, no people were super friendly. Nobody gave me weird looks or anything no, like yeah. that. But I was aware of it. But the other thing that was awesome about this, Jesse and I were laughing, was that like at this point? At this playground, the school bus pulls up at 2.45, and all the kids get off the school bus, and the school bus literally drops the kids off at the playground and drives away. And there's some parents there to pick up their kids, and there are lots of parents who are not there to pick up their kids. And there's nobody supervising. It's just the kids get dropped off at the park, which is genius and also would never so different ever right happen here it no, just would, it would not never happen, happen here, here you know and um there were a couple days where we were there and there's much older kids playing on the same playground as my kids and like we got there this one day and there was there were a pack I, i'm saying a pack because yeah. it felt like a pack of like eight boys between the ages of like three and nine yeah and they had this like complicated game going and one of them was Literally playing with a full-size wooden sword, (laughs) okay. And I was like, the minute we get there, I'm like, this does not bode well. Like, this was not gonna be fun for me. Yeah. But we were already there, so we hung out. And you know what happened? Nothing. It was adorable. Yeah. They were awesome, which I know is not the way that it would always go. Like this is like a best case
0: scenario. But like, it did. It made me a little. Well, you're letting kids of different ages play. There's less of the, again, well, again, like how involved are we as parents on the field? It's like one thing to kind of follow your kids around and make sure they're safe. There's another where you start interacting in their play. And like, I do think that at a certain age, when your children are very, very young, they are not instinctively born with how to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. So you do have they're to learning. teach them. Yeah. Your, your job is to help them learn. And then yeah. at a certain age, you back off and let them try this stuff out without mm-hmm. the guidance. I mean, Katie Bell's still six, and they're still coming up with the, like, you know, so-and-so's yelling too loud, or so-and-so hit her, or, so-and-so. Yeah. But now they're at the age where we can very confidently say, you guys try and figure that out together. Yeah. Because they now have the skills, even if they suck yeah. at those skills, they have them. But at, like, three... Go figure it out. You yeah. know they're gonna take a dump behind the tree. Right. Like, there's no like. Yeah. So I don't think that those kids instinctively just figure that out on their own. But I think there's something about letting kids play together at different mm-hmm. groups and with, and you know, with
1: like older kids, with to older up kids. To. Yeah. 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 I
0: think that. I, and and I don't see that a lot happening on playgrounds. I see a no. lot of times in at least in L. A. and in New York, my two playground experiences. It was stay away from the older kids, or you need to stay away from my kid. You know, as yeah. opposed to like really letting kids take the time yeah. to be kind to each other yeah. and the older kids. And now that I've had a second child, I'm actually more aware of it than I was. I had my first child. She's precious. Everybody yeah. get the fuck away from my child. Yeah. Well, like, you're yeah. all horrible monsters and you're all horrible parents and no one knows how to do anything and my child's perfect. The second time around... I actually now, and my second child is also perfect impression impressions. Right. I don't want anybody to fuck right. with my kid, but I'm much more mellow about stepping back and seeing. Like we'll go to the. Take Katie Bell to school, yeah, and it's just chaos at the yeah. at the where you go to take your kids to school. They're just like on a big lot, and they line up by group, by uh-huh. a, by their classes. But for a little while, it's just like kids running around like nuts. Yeah, and Ellis just wants to be up in it. Yeah, and those kids just circle and they like, make room. They yeah, make room, or they pick him up, or they yeah. help him, and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh. I mean, I still have to be there. No, I get what you like, mean. But like, I was like, oh, yeah. One of the things I like about going to the playground, even though I can feel super insecure at the playground, Mm -hmm. is it is a place to make mom friends or dad friends or parent friends. And I have made both at the playground because I think if you consistently go every week roughly around the same time, you do start to find other parents And it does start off with the quick conversation, and then that can turn into, I'll see you next Thursday, and then that can turn into something really great, which is nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Let's wrap up on one last little point of conversation, Uh and I think this is one of those ones that all parents fall into Uh at some point in time. We've all done this, and I think it's a basic playground Etiquette, uh-huh. the rules yeah. of your playground. Yeah, and a good example of this is, I think, the slide. Uh huh. How do you use the slide? <laughs> Are you allowed to only go down the slide, uh-huh. or can you crawl up the slide? Mm-hmm. Teresa, can you crawl up the slide? I
1: say, in some circumstances, <laughs> you can climb up
0: the slide. I do,
2: too. I know that's I controversial. Too. It is,
0: but... but I do, too, because it's one of those things where I have been in the situation where I'm like, why am I, like, forcing my—there's no yeah. other kid on the slide. Yeah. So I can go for it. You're going to learn it's... real fast. It's really difficult, Mr. I'm in socks. And I—it's not going to work out for you. Uh, or— I... I actually am okay with it when there's other kids on there, as yeah. long as people understand. As long as you're using it as yeah. an example to teach your kid, you're going to get knocked off yeah. if some other kid comes down.
1: Well, and it's also this is another one of etiquette is and rules are, are social rules are right. so much about time and place. Yeah. And it, the age of your kids and where you are and like one park's rules are going to be different than another park's rules. And I was explaining to Simon how he can't climb up a slide. It was a twisty slide. Yeah. And the, the truth is I, what I said to him was that like, if you're at the bottom of the twisty slide, you can't actually see if there's somebody at the top. Yeah. But there's lots of other slides that are totally built for kids to be able to run up and down them. Like, right. They literally are built for that. You that's can tell right. by looking at if them. If it's
0: midnight in a grocery store parking lot and no <laughs> one is there, you absolutely can do donuts. Yeah. Okay? That's totally that's fine. totally fine. If it is the middle of the day, like on Super Bowl Sunday, and everybody's trying to get their Doritos for their party, <laughs> yeah. you cannot do donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> Time and place. And I think that's true, though, about... The playground, you know, yeah. like I, I, don't walk in front of the swings. Don't yeah. be a dick and walk in front of the swings, kids. Yeah. Get, that's a that is a big etiquette one. Right. Yeah. Like don't haul. Don't sit at the top of the slide. Yeah, Right. Now, again, there's also a good reason to learn patience because there are kids, including my kid, who's gotten to the top of the slide and freaked out. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. But that's part of learning. it. But I do want to end on what I have totally fallen prey to. And now, as I have gotten older, and more like jaded about the entire parenting experience is when I'm at these like little playgrounds with parents, and like how hard we work as parents to be like, okay, are you gonna go now? Yeah. Can you go now? You need to go. Yeah. So they, Can you've you got a line. Yeah. you've got a line behind you. Yeah. you have to go. Come on down. Get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say please? Don't push. And sometimes I'm yeah. just like, ugh, we're working too hard. Yeah. We're just, yeah. just we're working. Oh god, we I'm sound, so with you. We sound crazy. Yeah. And I'm not sure we're teaching our kids anything. I'm so with you. Right? Like, God. because as opposed to like, everybody just needs to wait. Yeah. Go when you're or ready. Or just fucking stand there and say nothing. And or see stand what happens. and say nothing, <laughs> see what happens. That's the big experiment. Stand there and see what the fuck happens. Right? Oh, playgrounds. <sighs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Casper, an online retailer of premium, obsessively engineered mattresses at a shockingly fair price. Teresa? Yes. You actually own a Casper mattress? Yeah, we do. It's
1: great. It's really soft and comfortable and supportive and great and came in the fucking mail in a box.
0: Almost like the perfect partner. <laughs> <laughs> has a risk-free trial and return policy. You can try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. All the mattresses are made in America, USA. One Bed Mother listeners can get $50 towards any mattress purchase if you go to casper.com slash badmother, all one word, and use promo code badmother at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius.
1: This is, like, really little, but...
0: I love the little ones. Okay.
1: um, We were at the beach. I forgot to bring Oscar's water bottle. Oh! But I had my water bottle, but I knew that he would, like, backwash into it and mm. ruin the whole thing. Yeah. Um but then I realized my water bottle it's a clean canteen so it has the cap that's like actually kind of a big it's like the cap is actually the size of like a toddler cup. Oh yeah. So I just poured water into it and he got to sip from the cap. Yeah. And it was just everything was safe. It was fine. Everything was fine.
0: That's good. That's the small those are the life survival geniuses. Yeah, it was good. Because if we had forgotten that water bottle all would have been lost <laughs> for the entire trip. There would have been no fixing it in my house. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a <bottle. laughs> Oh,
0: that's good. That's good. Thanks. What do you got? Uh, okay. My genius. I have made. I made a mom friend.
2: Yay! Yay! So,
0: a uh, new kid in Katebell's Bell's class this year. Mm-hmm. So they're new to the school and uh, Pasadena, and I noticed. Uh, Upon meeting her husband one day, he had the haircut. I was pretty sure he was in active military. Uh (laughs) And so I really like her kid and I've liked her. She's like the mom who they live within walking distance. Mm -hmm. So she has the like six month old fully in the like in a strap tied down to Uh her, a three year old son, and then the kindergartner who's five but is such a bright, amazing kid. She actually, they moved her up. She started uh, first grade before she skipped kinder. Mm. Uh, And the kid's great. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and she always looks like, I'm like, "Ah, so much. I just got to, like, watching her walk. I was like, oh, my God, look at her. And sometimes they'd be like, go, Mom! I'm like, walk out stuff. <laughs> so anyway, so finally we decided to hang out. Mm-hmm. And I Wait out- a
1: minute. So instead of just being intimidated by her and hating her because she seemed to have everything yeah. together, you actually decided to talk to her? And I actually was like, wow, I'm really
0: impressed by what you're doing. Yeah. And so Good it turns thought. out she was also military, uh, but she stopped uh, before having kids. But because the genius is... Because of everything we talk about in the show and all the amazing people that we uh, get to talk to every day uh, on our Facebook groups and just out there, uh, I really allowed myself to be able to think about her and what she would need. And, like, the first question out of my mouth was, how long are you here? You know, do you Mm -hmm. guys have to move a lot? And she was like, yeah, we'll move again in two years. And I just was like all right, I'm going to fucking make the most of these two years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Because she's not on a base. She's living in a normal neighborhood. Yeah. So she doesn't have that sub-work group we've heard about where people who yeah. live on a base have. Right. So I was like, let's fucking rally up the troops and go have some wine at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and let our kids, like, scream. And I went and hung out. I felt like yeah. we can do this, guys. Yeah. We don't have to all sit at the playground and give each other the stink eye. Yeah. Yeah. Let's awesome. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, everybody.
3: Hi, ladies. I had to call in my genius of the day. Um, It's kind of my kid's genius. So I was picking up some DVDs that she was playing with, and I noticed that one of the knobs on our DVD container had come off. And I thought, okay, well, I'll put it back together. No big deal. Well, then I realized if I take the other knob off, she can't get in the drawer. It's super easy for me to get in the drawer. You just go underneath, kind of push it out, but she will have no idea how to do it. So, I'm really excited. I had to come run in the garage and call you guys. I didn't hear her screaming in the
0: background like an animal.
3: So, anyways, love the show. Thanks.
0: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love it's it. Great. Oh, you just take the knobs off. Yeah. It's genius. So genius. It's so genius. You don't need any
1: fancy child proofing uh-huh. in here. Just
0: take, take the that knob, knob off. off. <laughs> just don't lose the screws. Yeah. Failures. This is where we excel.
1: Fail. You suck. I recently had to quit coffee, uh... Because of anxiety reasons, uh, which is really sad for me. Coffee is my favorite thing. Those of you who've been listening to the show for a long time know that about me. Yeah. Um, so it's been really, actually, really very hard yeah. for me to quit coffee. But I've I've been off coffee now for a few months. And when we were in Hawaii with my parents, um, it was my mom's birthday, and my mom has always been a coffee drinker, and that is how I got into coffee. Right. And so it was hard just even being in the same house with her getting up in the morning coffee. coffee. But I was doing fine. I was like, you know, just trying to keep my eyes on the prize. Coffee isn't good for me anymore. It doesn't make me feel good anymore. Right. Um, (sighs) And so, but on my mom's birthday, I got up early and I I was up before her and I wanted to make her her coffee because that's like something that we do for each other is we would make each other our morning coffee, like kind of whoever gets there first. But also it was her birthday. Like I wanted to like have that going for her. And so I was like, can I do this without it being, like, awful? And I was like, yeah, I can totally do this, you know? (laughs) And so I got out. Like, the house we were staying at had a French press, which I'm not a super big French Mm. press person, but I can make a decent cup of coffee with a French press. So I was making the coffee with the French press. I hadn't used this particular French press before, and it was one of the small ones. Oh, yeah. And it was a little stiff getting the at the top you push down to sort of you have to push down really gently and slowly to get the uh, (laughs) strainer all the way down to the bottom to get the coffee grains out of the coffee and so as I was doing that it was a little bit stuck at the top and I don't know I just wasn't I mean I was also up there with at least one of my kids and I just wasn't really thinking well I just jammed on it really hard just really (laughs) stupidly and it totally exploded and burned like my chest and my my arm I still have a burn on my arm like a week a week and a half later and I mean it went everywhere Everywhere. and so whatever that was it I mean that's my fail I burned myself making coffee and but I couldn't help but feel like yeah I yeah, just Don't even not try be going near nice. coffee.
0: Yeah. Don't even try and do anything be, related yeah. to something you once loved. Yeah, coffee is over. Yeah. The universe Goodbye. has just told you, "Sayonara, coffee. Yes. Aloha, coffee. Yes. Fuck you. That is awful. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. I, I'm gonna come back. It's what has it been? Six months since I've talked about the failure that is my car, and I have said uh, time and time again that I think I've reached a new level of low with how disgusting my car is, because mm-hmm. I let two children be in my car, mm-hmm. and like multiple hours a day and they have to eat. And it's the back, and I did the carnival a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, so I was like hauling stuff everywhere. Oh yeah. my car. The the apple core, Katie Bell had put one in, like, you know, like in the car seat, you can pop out the cup holders mm-hmm. and pop them back in. Yeah. Well, she had popped it back in with an apple in there, and we didn't discover it for a really long time. Oh. She opened it up, and she actually made a noise from the back of the car that was like, <gasps> and I was like, what? And she's like, this apple is disgusting. Oh, and of course, no. because I'm like, I'm like, well, you put it there. Yeah. <laughs> You will get it out, yeah. right? Whatever. I just become like this horrible woman. Uh, there today, I open because a lot of times I'm taking Ellis out and he doesn't want to be in the car anymore. Mm-hmm. And Katie Bell's getting out. Like where this goes wrong mm-hmm. is at the last drive of the day, mm-hmm. where food is piled up and I'm trying to get him out. And I don't have enough hands to clean right. the car
1: out. It's not the right time to get
0: all that stuff. And out I'm of not there. going back to the right. car. You're guys. not going back. I'm never going back till the next morning. I know that time. And I go yeah. back the next morning and like. Oh, my God. There's, like, so a half-eaten there. cucumber. There's clearly cucumber that he has chewed up and then just spit out because he decided he didn't want it in his mouth anymore. And that's, like, everywhere. And there's, uh-huh. like, half-eaten apple. And here's the thing, guys. It's still there because I didn't have time this morning right. after, like, it's just there it's in the car, waiting so. for me after the show to go back yeah. to the car where it's been baking in the sun in California. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go out there. And I don't know when I'm going to clean this out. <laughs> so that is my failure. The- it is even worse, guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I am too. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I've
4: got a fail for you. Who do I have a fail for you? So I'm a mother of three, and also uh, for my job, I am the children's ministry director at a kind of medium-sized Midwestern church. And uh, yesterday I was teaching a class to a group of six to 10, 11-year-olds um, about making good choices. So uh, one of the activities that we were doing was a a skit activity where there were a whole bunch of different kind of scenarios uh, on little cards and a hat. And they would pick out one and act out the scenario and give an example, you know, act out the scenario in the you know, in the method of making a good choice in that situation. Okay, great. So my middle son is in this class, and he's about eight years old, almost nine years old. So this is, remember, this is kids ages six to 11, okay? So he pulls one out of a hat, and he and his friend, who are acting out the skit together, they start mimicking playing basketball, right? So they're playing basketball, and the friend is, you know, dribbling, and my son is trying to take the ball from him and uh, grabs the ball from him, the imaginary ball from him, and he's dribbling it, and he's dribbling it, and the friend's trying to take it from him. And my son starts going, what? What? What are you doing? Come at me, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. So jaws drop. Everybody does like the slow motion head turn and looks at me. The pastor happens to be walking past, sticks her head in. She's like, what are you guys doing? And and I had nothing. So, yeah, so the children's ministry director's son called his friend a bitch in the middle of Sunday school. Um, in his defense, upon further inspection, the card said... You're playing a game with friends, and one of them starts using bad language. What do you do? So, I guess maybe I should have seen that coming. Anyway, super fail for me. Thanks. Love the show.
1: Oh, he was following instructions.
0: That's the best part. He He was was. doing what he thought he was supposed to do. It's so amazing. It is amazing. It's so, it's like right out of a TV show. Like, it's so amazing. It's so, like, everything... It lined up to make that the most amazing, like the only thing that would have made it better is if like the pastor was walking down with like a giant collection of pies yeah. or something and like she was so shocked that she the threw the pies, pies in the air, right? Like it just was so great. I, I, I just bravo for taking our failures to such a new amazing place.
2: <laughs> you are the greatest Mom I've ever known I love you I love you When I have a problem
0: I call you on the phone Teresa yes you, let's call a mom Great I it is It's always really one of the best parts of the show It's usually a pleasure It's usually a pleasure yeah. yeah this week we are talking to Anna Leffler uh, author of the hilarious new novel Preschooled Welcome to the show Anna, Thank thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, we always like to ask this question of our guests. Who lives in your house?
5: Well, I think that's a good way to kick off. Um, My house includes me, myself, and I. um, And I have two teenage children. I have Madison, who is about to turn 17, and Henry, who is solidly 15. Um, Wow. And two little very sketchy dogs. We have a beagle <laughs> named Winston <laughs> and a cockapoo named Gingy, which is named after a, a jazz standard. And basically they're like a miniature Woody Allen and Mariah Carey. <laughs> That's could not amazing. be more different. Wow. wow. Yeah. I so it's to- a fun-loving, sometimes pretty cranky group, but you <laughs> know, we get it done.
0: <laughs> yeah, how's that how the teenage years working out?
5: Uh, gosh, I, I, I think I, I figured out the algorithm. I think I'm aging about seven months a day.
2: Oh Mm. my God. Yeah. I
5: really think I, and, and I, I have lovely children. I have to say it's not even, I don't even have any really gnarly, you know, stories that are hair raising. It's just normal stuff. Yeah. is so different. Just normal stuff, you know, And, and it all sounds like cliches, you know, the eye rolling and the. You know, suddenly I'm an idiot and I know nothing, you know, and just the whole, the whole thing, the moodiness, the...
0: I think that's the horrible discovery about parenthood is that none of it is actually cliche. And like, I think 90% of what I come in on the show and say is stuff like, I mean, really everything from like the eye rolling to the like tantrums to Mm. the like, uh, you know, all I do is talk about poop all day like all of it like everything that before i had kids i was like i am absolutely never doing that and what is wrong with you kathy cartoon and what's and the then, big deal yeah and what's the big deal yeah Yo, what's the But yeah. now i'm just like i'm just gonna yeah. sit in it in my you know sweatpants all day right. and right. just kiss kiss old independent self goodbye
5: yeah. Yeah. It, it is a constant hostage situation yeah. i am just yeah. constantly negotiating yeah. hilarious to me it is one big cliche
0: all right. Well, speaking of cliches, let's talk about books. I'm
5: just kidding. i no, just kidding.
0: <laughs> just totally kidding. Um, all right. You have written a very hilarious book. And I remember uh, oh, when your you. publisher sent it, she was like, I don't know if you guys would be into this because people can be touchy about books <laughs> that take place in preschool. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we can handle it. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh, it's very funny. And it does take place in this world of uh, preschool and which. Uh, is its own insane sort of universe. Oh yeah. Uh, and because I can literally spend an entire interview explaining people's work for other for our mm-hmm. audience, I'm really <laughs> trying to take a step back from that. Um, can you give us a, a quick nutshell of the book so that uh, people know what we're getting into when I sure. start going uh, down the road?
5: Sure. It's it's three. Uh, there are three protagonists. Justine is kind of the main protagonist, but there are two supporting protagonists. And the chapters alternate um, among these three points of view. So in a nutshell, Justine is a pretty grounded, very type A mom who just came from the working world, is very new to the world of, quote, elite preschools. So she's <laughs> like a good type A mom. She got sucked into the whole application craziness. And her story starts at new parent orientation, where she's breathing a sigh of relief um, I'm in, now I can relax, this is going to be great, this is supposed to be a great school. And at New Parent Orientation runs smack dab into um, what I coined her kryptonite guy, which is (laughs) the man from her past who is her kryptonite. And I have a theory that every woman, and and I've discovered every man, has some kryptonite person from their past (laughs) who just, they just cannot keep it together. Like, none of their usual defenses work, that kind of thing. So her her plot arc is being in close proximity with this Kryptonite guy um, kind of puts her marriage through the crucible because they're at that point in the marriage when um, you know you have a child.
0: Oh, kids who, are if, young, dude. This kids is are young. this is hard. The yeah. first five years, you don't even have to go into it. The first exactly. five years. Are the test. I mean, people and lots of people can have other tests, but that is a really. It can be a tough time in the best of situations. Exactly,
5: because they have a solid marriage. Yeah, and yet it is what it is. I mean, everybody's tired. People are splitting off in different directions. It's kind of you're, you're double teaming your kids, so there's a division of labor and a separation there. So she's at a point where. There, she's somewhat vulnerable to the charms of this guy that she and her best friend call the crap wizard,
2: <laughs> because
5: he's you know he has his own little trips that he does on her. So her her plot arc um, and her big conflict is dealing with this kind of um, upsetting force that's landed in her life just when she thought she kind of had it together. Um, and then the second protagonist is a kind of scruffy, lovable dad, who is a stand-up comedian. He has a day job. He aspires to be a sitcom writer. And um, he's been given the opportunity by a friend on a successful show to write a spec script. So he makes a deal with his wife, who is a very driven, um, very together lady. And he adores her. (laughs) Um, But he's made The deal she cut with him was, okay, I'll go back to the healthcare job that I hated for a certain period of time to let you quit your day job and write your spec script, but you have to fill my shoes at the preschool. You can't just keep the children alive. You have to actually get in there and be me, get on the committees, go toe-to-toe with the flesh-eating moms, the whole thing. (laughs) Um, So you have this guy who you know, wears a lot of ironic t-shirts and never brushes his hair, but is such a good guy. Um so we we get to see the world through his eyes next of different gender total he's like an alien in this world, but he's he's such a good guy. Um so his his big plot conflict is um it would appear to be writing this script and trying to get it to go somewhere, but what's really going on with him is he now gets to grow up because he was a bit of a man-child, which is what makes him kind of lovable. But this little journey of, of putting in you know, now he really does need to watch out for his wife. She's been watching out for him for a while. So that's that's kind of a favorite storyline for
0: yeah, me. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. It, it's an interesting—it's uh, it's just not a very common storyline that, that gets played out right. publicly, even though it is one that happens
5: very often. I think In in, in life, you know, so. I think so, too. All Um, right, and then we have our last. Our last one is, I think, my favorite one to write, which is Margaret, who is in her mid-50s. She owns this elite preschool. It is the cornerstone of her identity. (laughs) Her big conflict is uh, she's going through a divorce, and not only has her husband left, but her only child just went off to college. So she's suddenly really alone, Mm -hmm. um, and she's kind of clinging to her role at the school where she's kind of a, kind of a crusty headmistress, um, kind of doesn't realize that her personality is her own worst enemy, she, she really is a little bit colorblind to how she comes across to people, um, and it's just kind of a difficult personality, but she discovers that un- unlike what she had in her head, which she thought everybody clearly understood, that it was her school... Her husband is expecting her to buy him out of the school if Mm -hmm. she wants to keep it. Um, Because she is such a separate, internal-type person, he doesn't know how she's been running the school, and she has leveraged the school in order to make improvements. She has very aggressive plans for the school, and he doesn't realize that the school is mortgaged and that she can't pull the money out and and pay. And and in her mind, it's none of his business. That's the kind of marriage they have. My school, my business... You don't need to know that it's leveraged my school. So her big conflict, plot-wise, is that she's trying every single maneuver she can to hold on to her school, um, and then emotionally, just it, it's funny. I realized after I wrote this book that it emotionally it's the Wizard of Oz because Justine needs to get a brain, and <laughs> Reuben uh, needs to be brave, and Margaret needs to grow a heart, and I didn't realize this till afterwards. But emotionally, this is where they're heading. They're each going through these little, like crucibles. Well, of- I think
0: I, this is. I think this is what's kind of interesting, and and you know, even though this is a, uh, you know. A funny book. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which can be sometimes logged in as something that, you know, you don't gain a great deal of insight right, from, which right. is ridiculous because humor is probably one of the most insightful forms of way of dealing oh, with things. I'm so
5: glad you said that. A lot of people don't get that.
0: Yeah. Be, I know that for, Teresa and I both have little ones. Therese, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest is six and Teresa's oldest is four. And then we oh, cut, okay. both have like two-year-olds roughly, give or take a month. Wow. And we both have recently been going through our own personal journeys into the world of preschools and kinder. And I was just thinking about why it's an interesting universe is most of us with kids have had a minimum of 10 years off Mm -hmm. from being in a school situation of any kind. And we can forget that there may be some emotional baggage we have forgotten about that can come up when you walk through the doors of a school. You were talking about how the journey that these characters had to to go through in this book to find this, you know, the heart and the brain and, and, right. and those sorts of things. What's the journey that you went through in writing this book? I mean, this clearly comes from some of your own experiences. Sure. And My assumption is you're, you're kind of maybe part of each of these characters a little yeah, bit.
5: that's exactly right. But, yeah. you know, Absolutely. what was
0: your—how did this help you sort of through your journey?
5: You know, it's funny. I— every time I write something long form, I always start out thinking I know what I'm trying to say. And at some point, usually well into a second draft, I realize I had no idea what I needed to say, but now I see what I am trying to figure out well down the road. And to me, that's one of the kind of miraculous things about, about writing something that long, because yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like you're building a ship, you're getting into it and you're going, God knows where. And, um, I think that only kind of happens when you're doing 75, 85, 95,000 words. So for for this book, um it was it was several things. One of them is in its own way it is kind of a love letter to that period in my life because um I was very much like Justine in that very type A tended to try to kind of have my shit together. Um like rabid list maker, you know, that kind of person, maybe some control issues. I can own that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just, you know, I had come out of the world of um, strategic communications and, you know, very corporate and very, um, there were guardrails around what you did and you knew how you were doing. You had, like the working world I came from, you had staff meetings and you had performance reviews and you had, salary reviews and it was all like you knew kind of there were a lot of yardsticks for how you're doing and uh there are none of those in parenting um i won't even limit it to motherhood i think dads are in the same boat there are none of those yardsticks really you can say well my child gets good gets good grades well at this point we all know okay that's great But God only knows what else is going on. I mean, you just, you just. Well, it's easy
0: to set yardsticks up for yourself based on what you saw on Pinterest or what you see in this magazine or what's on Facebook right now or the person you're standing across from at the, you know, preschool potluck. I mean, like we set our own bars.
5: Yeah, we set our own bars. And I think in the world of parenting, especially when you're starting out, you know, at that young, young age, it's like. It's like holding up a magazine and looking in the mirror and going, okay, let's just check yeah. out my butt compared to Giselle Bunschkins, Right. Or whatever. It's like, hmm, okay, that is not a yardstick that I should ever step up to, frankly. <laughs> but I think that's what we do. You know, we, we want to know, like women, this generation of women, and I think probably the last few generations of moms, for the most part, they're pretty highly educated, and they have a certain amount of success under their belts already, in some realm, and then to be plopped down into this other world where there are no guardrails, there are no performance reviews, It's like we like to know how we're doing, and we also like to feel like we're succeeding. We've been trained to succeed. And um, it totally pushed my buttons to drop down after having been, you know, home with this little girl before she ever started preschool, you know, it felt like things were going okay and it had a pretty good handle. And then we, you know, you parachute into one of these schools and you look around and you go, oh, my God, I I was supposed to be doing this. And, oh, my God, I didn't realize that... that- she should have been doing this twice a week and blah, blah, blah. And for somebody <laughs> <laughs> who's wired like me, oh my God, it was DEF CON 1. Yeah. You know? It was it literally. Somebody
0: get me a bento port. box. I need a bento box right <laughs> oh away. Right. Yeah. It where's went... my
5: Montessori tools? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was the whole, it was the whole seized box of candy, every flavor. <laughs> every tick, every emotional baggage. So both ends of the spectrum. There were the moms that I was like, okay, I'm just never going to be anywhere close to that. And then there was the other end of the spectrum where you're like, is she wearing pants? Like, what's, yeah. going <laughs> what's going on in that house? You know, so
0: it was too much data coming in at That could, be, that could be a Wednesday for me or a Friday yeah, for me. I could exactly. be either end of that spectrum on any day of the I week. I totally
5: yeah. get <laughs> I think we all can. Like, if you're doing it right, you're going to have some like, serious, like, soupy sales moments. That's, that's right. we will drop off. But so for me, writing this book was kind of a – because I obviously wrote it well after I was there – it was, I got to go back and look through the lens of having older children, slightly older children, and I acknowledge now, in hindsight, that I lost my freaking mind yeah. for a while. I'll own it. I, <laughs> you know, I, I was like a prism of all those yeah. moms in the book, because like, they drop in, they're like shades of, and you just get snippets, like there's Pantsuit Mom and Yoga yeah. Mom and <laughs> There's a little bit, those are all facets of stuff that I'll totally cop to, in hindsight. I was blind to it then, but in hindsight, I can go, yeah, I got sucked down that rabbit hole and that rabbit hole, and I was the one at one in the morning sending out emails about footy pajama day. I mean, I went there. (laughs)
0: and I'll own it so for me this is like a big literary exorcism it's so way. funny I'm laughing at this because Teresa's looking at me because I am I am I am that mom right this, right this minute yeah. I have just survived the elementary school carnival that I put on the, uh, well Teresa I was joking with her at the beginning I was like oh, do you remember back like Simon's first year at preschool yeah. where you were like there's a box where I pick up all of his yeah, work like
1: I hadn't picked up his artwork <laughs> the whole year because I just didn't
0: know it's yeah. <laughs> the best so we we are The spectrum sitting in this room, and it's the best. I mean, it's hilarious. It's so good. It's such a universal repeat. You know, wash, rinse, repeat. It's absolutely. You're all gonna do it,
5: and it comes from such a good place. Oh, I know. Thing. I mean, it's it keeps trending on Twitter. You know, stop the mom wars, or however they say it. And they, I'm like, I know how it happens sure, there are really extreme examples where you just go, you know what, I'm going to have to give you a beat down because you got other issues
2: going on. <laughs> right.
5: But for the most part, it's coming from such a, a good like you want to do right by your kids and it goes a little bit sideways and you get a little too, you know, wound <laughs> up in it. But it's coming from, I want to be a good mom or a good dad. I want to do right by my kids and and damn it, I want to succeed and I think that's a tough thing to let go of is I I should be able to be good at this because I've been good at all these other things. Mm. How do I know I'm good at it? And it's, it's a tough one. I think it's the problem with no solution, honestly, because it's baked into human nature.
0: Right. Yeah. And oh, no. That's... No matter how depressing that thought is, it's the truth. I mean, well, we, you know, the tagline on this show is this is hard and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, to be crude. I mean, it really is. You sit there, you're standing in the middle of your kitchen and you've just figured out how to get your child to do something while you cooked dinner, while you did your work, while you did everything. It's like that perfect Zen day and you look around and it's just, there's silence, like no yeah. one. And no then one you sound cares. like a crazy person yeah. when you do tell somebody and everybody's like, okay. Yeah. I yeah, guess. One my, yeah. One of
5: my best friends is very fond of saying she has three boys, all different ages, and um, her whole thing is I can bust my ass all day long, <laughs> and when it all works perfectly, I'm at baseline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just I, now I'm at zero. Yeah. You know, and wow, that can really, you know, that's that's when the wine comes out. <laughs> yeah. Takes it a psychological better. toll. It does. It can. It
0: can. <laughs> yeah.
5: You know?
0: Anna, thank you so much for joining us. This, oh, it's it, I, my pleasure. It was Not only was it delightful to talk to you, the The book is is really fun, and it's thank a good you. release, especially when you're in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll link everybody up to where they can get a hold of it, as well as to your website, because uh, you have you have written other funny things. Oh, um, thank you. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for
5: having me. I, I love talking with you. <laughs> All right. But, <laughs> bye-bye. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. You
2: make me sing, ooh, La la make go. I'm in
0: love. That was so good. Yeah, that was fun. I just enjoyed talking to her. Me too. I know. Especially the like future. She's like speaking to us yeah. from the future because yeah, her kids are crazy. older. Yeah? yeah. The book is hilarious. And it's really, it is really fun to watch these people do their journeys. And I do think it's a good reminder that sometimes, even though, like, on the surface, these look like cliche characters Uh and one-dimensional, they're not. Just like, surprise, none of us are, Yeah. despite how I may present myself to you every week. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we'll we'll show everybody uh, where to get a hold of that book. It's a lot of fun. You know what's also a lot of fun? What? (laughs) and what preschool can do to all of us, or parenting in general, is listening to a mom have a breakdown.
3: Hi, Wednesday, Mother. Um, I am calling with a rant, and I feel bad even saying this out loud, so I'm saying it to you so I don't say it to people who actually know me and then they judge me. <laughs> but um, I am trying to get ready to go this morning and run just a couple of quick errands with my daughter. She is 17 months old and I love her to death. She's beautiful and perfect and gorgeous, but she's in in this phase where she just hangs on me and she's into everything and she's doing exactly what a 17-month-old should be doing, but, like, when I'm just trying to do, like, put clothes on and, like, maybe do something with my hair so I don't look how I feel, um, she just is, like, pulling all of my stuff out of drawers. My husband hasn't baby-proofed the bathroom yet and just put, like, a child lock on the door. So that means anytime I have to go in there and do anything, she's pulling things out, she's ripping them apart, I have Q-tips all over the bathroom, she's ripping the toilet paper into tiny little shreds, and it just makes me want to pull my hair out. And then she, anytime you take anything away from her, distraction, whatever, be damned, she just shrieks at the top of her lungs and screams. And it frazzles my nerves and just makes me want to hurt something. Not her, of course. Like, I don't mean it like that. It just, it's so frustrating because I just want to take 20 minutes to put my contacts in and comb my hair. And I can't do that. And he gets ready 15 minutes in the morning and it's no big deal. Um, and it's not his stuff that's being ripped out of the drawers. I could probably baby proof them, but it's going to take me like 45 minutes longer than it'll take him. And I know he's it on purpose. But my bathroom's not child proof and it's driving me insane. Anyway, please think of me every morning, because it's going to apparently take me four fucking hours to get out of the house with one child. And my husband's like, hey, let's have baby number two. Let's do it right now. I'm so excited. And I actually well up a little bit, because it terrifies me.
0: So, anyway, thank you guys for all you
3: do, and thanks for listening.
0: I love her so much. I love her too. She's like living my life. This
1: is, I can't think, by the way, I can't think about her every morning because I'm I'm thinking about about my own exact same situation every single morning. That's right.
0: Teresa and I are sitting here. We're like those birds that like dip their heads into the water fountain, like the (laughs) perpetual motion things. We're both just like, Which I think is just nodding our heads, and I feel like that should now just be the new response when a mom is having a breakdown in front Uh of you. It's just nod your head head, and keep your mouth shut, and nod your head because we all hear you. Yes, we all have Q tips all over our floor. Yep, we all do. You're doing a great job. Yeah, I'm really really sorry. Yeah, because it sucks. It's so hard. It's really hard. Yeah, Uh, I just yeah. Let's just hear the anger. Soon
1: your kid will be able to watch TV while you get ready. (laughs) That's right. right.
0: Go watch Thomas. Thomas is your only friend. You're doing great. Yeah, you are. You're doing so good. You did it. Teresa. Yes. What did we learn today? I actually think we learned something insightful. Mm -hmm. Or more of a reminder. And I feel like this message came up repeatedly in the show. And that is... Everybody, you, you don't know what's going on with other people. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for us to be like, you're the parent who doesn't want your kid, and you're the parent who overdoes with your kid, mm-hmm. and you're the because, but you don't know what's happening. No. Right? Like, and our job as a society should be less on the playground about you know, watching that kid wander off and more about being helpful. Like, all right, you know, the kid's going to wander off. I don't have to step in and parent for you, but I'll keep an eye on the kid. Like, who cares? And I'm not going to be judgy about it, right? If your kid's coming down the slide, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's, we've got to stop seeing this as reasons to beat up ourselves or beat others up. And really use this as our practice zone. The playground should be, not only is it a a chance for kids to learn how to socialize with each other, it is a good place for us to learn how to socialize with each other and be the support team for each other. We actually can talk to each other. We kind of need to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we need to stop feeling so isolated and alone. Yeah. And part of that is going to take us going to the playground and just the moment our, hair, our you know, cockles get up, yeah. telling ourselves to simmer down. Yeah. What have we said on the show repeatedly? It's probably us. Yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. It's probably us. Yeah. So, you know, take the breath. Embrace the word Play.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and smile at people. Oh,
0: the smiling is such
1: a. <laughs> Sometimes big, that's like all it takes. Is it just really like does smiling at people when you get there.
0: Yeah, it smile totally
1: changes it the dynamic. It
0: Really does. We yeah. don't even we aren't even aware of the faces that are on our yeah. face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Oh, smile at people. It's such a good point. Such a good reminder. Um, And this goes for our preschool universes and our elementary school universes. And like the rest, our work universes, our being out in public universes. You're all doing a really, really good job. Yes. Teresa. Yes. You are doing a really good job.
1: Thank you. Biz, you are seriously killing it. You are doing such a good job.
0: We are going to keep doing this every day. We're going to keep waking yeah. up and dealing with our children. Yeah. Six. It, and by successfully, I mean we did it. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. All of us. Yep. Everyone out there. You are not alone. You are doing a really great job keeping it together. <laughs> and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
3: I got to low down, mama blues. I got to low down, mama blues. Got to low down, mama blues. Low down, mama blues. Got to low down, mama blues. Got to low down, mama blues. You know that right.